Come on, can we one more time just pour out our praise to God? He's worthy of our praise, church. You know, here we are, the beginning of 2015. He brought us through 365 days of ups and downs, of sunshine and rain, of good days and bad days. But guess what? Here we are, and here God is right in the midst of us. Amen. So let's just bless Him one more time. Amen. The title of my message this evening is simply, In the Beginning. Uh, It's a simple word. Not tonight, but I believe with all of my heart that this is the word that God has for us this evening. So I pray that you have all come ready to receive from uh, the Lord and from his word. Amen. I'm basing uh, my message this evening on Genesis chapter one, verse one, which says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And John one, one, which says in the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God, reminding us once again that in the beginning was God. Amen. What we all should know is that before anything and everything, there was God. Before the light and before the night, there was God. Before the sky, before the land, before the sea, there was God. Before there was a single living thing that roamed upon the earth or a single living thing that flew above the earth, there was God. Amen. Before the moon and the stars lit up the darkness, the word of God tells us there was God. Before the trees of the field clapped their hands in the wind and before there was anything called wind, there was God. Before man took a single breath, before man took a single step, there was God. In the beginning was God, Scripture says, and He was the one that created the heavens. He was the one that created the earth. It was God that spoke existence into being. It was God that made something out of nothing. Amen? It was God that turned the darkness into light. And it was He that made something out of nothing. How many of you are glad that God can make something out of nothing? He can take that which was lost. He can take that which was blind. He can give it sight, can give it direction. God did it with the universe and he did it with you and me. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that he took that which was nothing being Pastor Jeff Merriman or at some point just plain old Jeff Merriman and made something out of me. He made something out of you as well. But I want us to understand first before all of that, there was God. Amen. It wasn't you and me that created the universe. It was God. It wasn't Socrates. It wasn't Mohammed. It wasn't Einstein. It wasn't Stephen Hawking who thinks he's the wisest man in the world. It was God that created the universe. It was God that put the, the breath of life in our lungs like we sang. It wasn't the Republicans. It wasn't the Democrats. It wasn't the president. It wasn't the pope. It wasn't some king that called all of existence into creation. It was God. It was Jehovah God. Amen. I want us to be reminded at the beginning of 2015 that it was he that spread out the sky. It was God who laid the foundations of the earth. It was God who poured the footers. 
It was God who took out his measuring tape and said, this is how far and this is how wide and this is how deep that I will make the universe. It was God that said, see, you can only go this far and waters, you can only come this high. It was God that raised up the mountains and it was God that scooped out the valleys and it was God who created all of creation, church. It was God that knit us together while we were in our mother's womb. It was God who formed us like he formed the earth in complete darkness. It was God that told me that I'll have a lot of hair or no hair. It was God that ordered my days, the Bible says, before I took a single breath. Amen. God knew our name before our parents even gave it to us. In the beginning was God. And we cannot forget that. And God was the one that created the universe. God was the one that called all things into existence. God was the one that gave us breath and that gave us life. And because God was at the beginning, we need to keep him at the beginning. Amen. God needs to be at the beginning of everything we do in this life. God needs to be at the beginning of every thought we think and every word that we speak. And if there was ever a time that God needed to be first and foremost, it's at the beginning of 2015. In the beginning was God, and it's exactly where God belongs. Amen, church? He belongs at the beginning. It was God who was at the beginning of it all. And I'm bringing you this word because as I sought the Lord for the first word for the first Wednesday of 2015, I couldn't help but be reminded that the best way to start out the year and the only way for us to start out the year successfully is with God right where he belongs. And that's at the beginning. Amen. How many of you know God belongs at the beginning? God doesn't belong halfway down the line. God doesn't belong at the end of the line. God doesn't even belong at second place in the line because second place isn't good enough for God. Amen. God said that you should have no other gods before me. God expects to be first in our life. God expects to be first in our household. God expects to be first in our marriage. God expects to be first in our ministry. And God, and it's, it's not some false expectation because there's only one person that deserves to be in first place. There's only one person that deserves to be at the beginning of everything, and it's the one who created everything. Amen? You see, what we have to realize is that God created you and God created me. We are the clay and God is the potter. And we no time in our life should be telling the potter what to do with the clay. We should be willing to say, God, mold me however you want to mold me. Make me into whatever you want to make me. Break me however you want to break me. Fashion me however you want to fashion me. Because you are the one that was in the beginning. And you are the one that put breath in my lungs. And you are the one that gives me the ability to walk. And you are the one that gives me the ability to think. And you are the one that gives me the ability to speak. You're the one that gives me the ability to go out and get a job. You're the one that allowed me to be educated. You're the one that has brought the money into my household and given me a bank account and put clothes on my back and put a shelter over my head. You're the one that was from the beginning of it all. And that's why God remains in first place or deserves to remain at first place in our life. And it's why he must be at the beginning of 2015, church. 
Listen, the reality is I know a lot of people have already made a host of resolutions concerning their life for 2015, concerning their priorities or or their plans for 2015. But I'm here to tell you and remind you this evening that if God isn't at the beginning of them all, they're meaningless. If God isn't at the beginning of your plans and God isn't at the beginning of your pursuits for 2015, they will be empty and they will be without form and they will be without purpose and and they will be covered or filled with darkness. And I'm going to explain as I go, if our plans and our purposes and our life's steps and our desires and dreams don't begin with God, they will be empty. And they will be of no value, and we need to keep God at the beginning of everything. If God's not at the beginning of 2015, if He's not at the beginning of our day and our plans and pursuits, like I said, if He's not at the beginning of our hopes and our dreams and every one of our desires, they will not be what we want them to be according to the Word of God. Remember in Exodus chapter 1 verse 2, And I'm going to challenge you to read all of Exodus chapter 1 because that's where I'm taking my message from. But in Exodus chapter 1, verse 2, it tells us that the earth was without form. means it had no shape. It had no structure. And it says that it was empty or some versions say it was void. It means it had no substance inside of it and that darkness covered the deep. And it remained that way until God first spoke his will and his word over the earth, the Bible says. It was without form. It was without shape. It had no purpose. It had no plan. And it had no light. And it had no life, church, until God gave direction, until God released his will word and his will over the earth. And this is what I want you to keep in mind as I go through this process and as I go through this message is is the reality is that somewhere in our life or at the beginning of our everyday, we have to allow God to release his will into our life. If we want it to have shape, if we want it to have purpose, if we don't want it to be empty, I don't know about you, but I don't want my life to be empty. Amen. And the only way for my life to not be empty or my marriage to not be empty or my finances to not be empty. You know, you can have a lot of money, but your finances still be empty. Your finances still have no purpose. Your your finances still have no form. You can have a lot of money in the bank and that money can be filled with darkness, church. Because if God is not at the beginning of it all, if he's not the author and the director of it, and if you and I don't allow him to speak his word and his will over all of these things, they will be without form and they will be without purpose and they will be without life and they will be covered in darkness, church. And no good thing can come from them. And I'll explain as I go. The reality is God had to speak his word and his will over the earth in order to bring it from from that which had no form into that which had form to that which had no light to that which had light to that to that which was empty to that which was full. The reality is in the same way, if we don't allow God to speak his will and his ways over our wants. If we don't allow him to speak his desires and his will and his plan over our lives, just like he spoke it over the earth, then our lives will be formless and our lives will be empty and our hearts will be covered in darkness. Like I said, I don't know about you, but I don't want 2015 to be without form. I don't want 2015. I don't want the year 2015 to be empty for me. Now, you want it to be empty for you, that's fine. But I want my 2015 to be fruitful. 
I want my 2015 to multiply. I want my 2015 to have a a purpose and to have structure. And I want it to be filled with the goodness and the power of God. But the only way that that's going to happen is if I allow the Word of God and the will of God to be released into every area of my life, church. And I'll explain as I go. I don't want darkness to cover my life. I want my ministry to be fruitful. I want my marriage to be fruitful. I want my children and my household to be fruitful. I want, I want my bank account to be fruitful. I want the endeavors and the plans and the dreams and the desires and the hopes that I have for 2015. I, all, I want them all to be fruitful and I want them to multiply. And the Word of God tells me that if I follow Genesis and, and, the, and, and how God caused creation to come forth, if I allow my life to be a reflection of what God did in Genesis chapter 1, then my life too will be fruitful. My life too and my marriage, all of those things will be multiplied and not without form. The sad reality is there's a lot of individuals in the house of God whose life is empty. A lot of individuals in the house of God whose marriage is empty, whose life has no purpose, whose life seems to have no structure. They, they look at their life and they wonder why it's filled with so much darkness, church. It's, be, it's because of this, and I'm not saying it in a condemning way. It's because they have, not, uh, they have not released the will of God over every area of their life like God released His will over the universe. We have to get to that point where we allow, it to be, especially at the beginning of 2015, God, this year I am releasing your will into my life. I'm releasing your will and your word into my marriage. I'm releasing your will and your word into my mind. It's troubled me all of 2014. But now I'm releasing your will even into my mind, into my thoughts. I'm releasing your word and your will into my conversation and my speech. I'm going to release you into my workplace, God. Release God and watch what happens in your life. Release the will of God into those areas of your life and watch what happens, church. But it only happens if we have God at the beginning. You'll never let the will of God be done in your life unless you put God where He belongs. You have to put God at the beginning. You have to put God at the forefront. You have to put God at the center. You have to put God at the beginning of the line. You have to put God on the throne of your heart. You have to put God in that place where He belongs or His will will never be done. If God is always behind you, how can He guide you? If God is always behind you, how can you follow in His footsteps? You see, the sad reality is we keep God close. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, you're real close. Just stay right there. Just stay right there. And we walk through our life and we journey the way we want and say, God, just come along with me. God, just be with me as I do what I want to do. That's not how it works. That's not how our life becomes fruitful. That's not how His his goodness is multiplied in our life. We have to take God and put Him right in front where He belongs and say, God, wherever Thou goest, I will goest. Wherever You lead me, I will follow. Here I am, God. Use me. I'll, I'll follow You. I'll, I'll step in Your foot. Guide me and lead me. You see, what that means, what that does is that releases God's will. No, God, I... I, I The sad reality is we release God into certain areas of our life, but we don't release His will into a lot of other areas. 
We want to do our own thing in this area, but, oh, God, you, you, can, you can have this area of my life. But, but here's my point. It's why some, of, some areas of our life are successful, and some, of our, some areas of our life are dark and formless. They're void and they're empty. And we wonder why. It's because we haven't said, God, I release you to do your will in that area of my life. I release you, God, to take charge of my finances. I release you to take charge of my marriage. I release you to take charge of my boss that I've tried to... You know what I'm saying? We have to release God, church, into those areas of our life. How many of you want 2015 to be good? Then we've got to put God first. Here's what I want you to see when you read through, when you read through Genesis chapter 1. Six times in Genesis chapter 1, it tells us that what God did was good. At the beginning of every day, read it. Don't read it now because I'm preaching. But at the beginning of every day, or at the end of every day rather, after God's will was released, after God's will was spoken, and that day was complete, at the end of every day of creation, it says, and it was good. And in verse 31, which is at the very end of the chapter and at the very end of creation, it says, and God looked at all that he had created, and it was very good. It was very good. Why was it very good? We need to learn a lesson here. It was very good because God was at the beginning of it. It ended up good because God started it. It ended up very good because God was part of all of it, church. It was very good because His will was allowed to be released over every single day of creation. At the beginning of every single day of creation, God's will was released over the universe. God's will was released over the darkness. God's will was released over the sky and released over the land and released over the waters. And what came forth didn't just come forth. It multiplied, the Bible says. It was very good, the Bible says. And I'm just trying to teach you this. If you want your life to be very good, if you want your marriage to not just be okay, if you want your marriage to be very good, and you want your, you want your job to be very good, even though you got a very bad boss, how many of you know you can have a very good job even when you got a very bad boss? Because God's the one that gave you that job. And if you don't think God can make that job very good, you don't know your God. Look at all the children of Israel that were taken into captivity. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel. You think their situation was good? They knew God was good. And in the middle of it all, they released God's will. And every single one of them were exalted to a higher place. Don't think God can't move in terrible situations. All you got to do is release His will. Start speaking His word over those bad situations and watch them change. Release His word. That's what God did. In the beginning of time, at the beginning of every day, He didn't have a Bible because He was the Bible. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was God. So my point is simply this. In the beginning, at the beginning... Of every day of creation, what did God release? He released His Word. 
And that day was good. And at the end of the week, when Friday came or Saturday came or whatever, he looked back and he said, this week was very good. This week was very, we can say that. We can get to the end of our work week and say, wow, God, that week was very good. My household was very... But you know what it relies on? It relies on the Word of God being released at the beginning of every day. Don't expect your day to be good if you don't release the Word of God. Don't expect your day to be good if you don't put God where He belongs, which is at the beginning of your day. You know what we do sometimes, church? We start out our day. We hop up, brush our teeth, throw on our clothes, get halfway through the day, encounter a problem, then say, Oh, God, where are you? Where are you, God? We rushed through the beginning of the day. And we didn't put God where He belongs. And then we get all mad at God. And we get upset at God. And we wonder where God is. Because we didn't release His Word. Listen. Please start releasing the Word of God over your every day. Start releasing the Word of God over your situation that's difficult. Start releasing the Word of God over your marriage. Start releasing the Word of God over your kids that are stubborn and who knows what all they're doing. Start releasing the Word of God over your finances. Start releasing the Word of God over your mind and watch what happens, church. Pow, it will begin to it'll begin to take shape. It'll begin to have some substance. It'll begin to, the darkness will begin to dissipate and the light of life will break forth into those areas. This is what the power of this word does. It's what happens when we release the will of God into our life. That's what he did at the beginning of every day. Read it. At the beginning of every day, here's what happened. God said, let there be something. Let there, he was loosing something. At the beginning of every day, let there be let there be light. Let there be darkness. Let there be sun, moon, and stars. Let there be sea. Let there be birds. Let there be cows. Let there be trees. Let there be flowers. Let there be springs. At the beginning of every day, God God gave permission. He released. His will, let there be something, he said. And because he did, at the end of the day, he was able to say it was good. And at the end of the week, he was able to say it, is very, it was very good. So that's what, what I'm trying to teach, and I hope you're getting it, is that simple point. At the beginning of every day, you have to release, like God did, his word. You have to release his will to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. Listen. We can go through every day thinking we can fashion a wonderful day on all, our, all on our own. We think sometimes, oh, we can go fashion a great week. If I do this and if I do that and if I do this and if I accomplish that in my own might and my own strength and my own wisdom, we think we can fashion something that's good. But we're believing a lie because there's nothing good without God. Amen. There's nothing good without God. Everything without God is empty. Everything without God is void. Everything without God has no purpose. Everything without God is filled with darkness. And it's not until we allow the light of Christ's Word and the light of His presence into these areas of our life that they can be good. 
So again, I'll ask. You'll hear me ask it a few times. How many of you want 2015 to be good? Release the word. In the beginning. Don't wait till halfway through the day. Don't wait till the middle of the no- don't wait till the middle of the night. Now, isn't there certainly nothing wrong with letting God be God in the middle of the day and letting God be God at the beginning of the day and letting God be God at the end of the day? But don't wait till halfway through the day before you release God to do something wonderful in your life. God was in the beginning. Listen, the reality is, or the truth is, if God and Christ and the Holy Spirit are not the foundation of our today, if they're not the foundation of our tomorrow, if Jesus Christ and and the Word of God and God and the Holy Spirit are not laid at the foundation of next week and next month and next year, if they're not the foundation of our future, church, the Word of God tells us that we become like that individual who built his house upon the sand. And when the storms came and the waters rise, the house experienced a crash and the crash was great, the Bible says. It also says the person that does that is a fool. I don't want to be a fool in 2015. But what the Word of God tells me is that the fool says, I can go through today without God. The fool says, I can make it through 2015 without God where he belongs. The fool says, I don't need God in my marriage, and I don't need God at work, and I don't need God messing with my finances, and I, I don't need God. I, I can do it all on my own. I'm rich. I'm powerful. Whatever, whatever you want to say, we cannot do it without God. The fool says, I don't need God. And he tries to do it on his own. And then the fool discovers at some point in his life that everything he thought he was capable of doing, he couldn't do. And his life comes crashing down. And the marriage comes crashing down. And the finances of the business come crashing down. Whatever, maybe even our mind comes crashing down. Why? Because God wasn't where he belonged, which was at the beginning, which was at the forefront, or you might want to say at the center of it all. The reality is for our life to be successful and our marriage to be successful or any area of our life to be successful and good, God has to be where he belongs. Amen? And that's right at the front. If Jesus isn't the foundation of our life, then we're building our life on sinking sand. If Jesus isn't the foundation of our marriage, then we're building our marriage on sinking sand. If, if, if Jesus isn't the foundation of our faith or the foundation of our ministry or the foundation of our finances, then we're building all of it on sinking sand and we can't be surprised when it comes crashing down. Listen, the reason God wants to be in first place isn't because he's some kind of megalomaniac or an egotist. He wants to be first because when God is first, he paves the way for blessings. God wants to be first because He wants to be the one to battle your enemy. He wants to be the one to push down the mountain. He wants to be the one to come against the Goliath. He wants to be the one that defeats the foe. He wants to be the one that tears down the wall of Jericho. In every one of those stories where success came, please understand God went before them all. God went before David. God went before Joshua. God went before all of those individuals that saw the mighty work of God happen in their life. Tear down walls, part Red Seas. God went before Moses. And what did they inherit? A promised land. Because God went before them. 
It's the fool that said, I don't need God, that experienced devastation and a crash in their life. I don't want to crash and burn in 2015. I want my ministry and life, everything, and I know your heart is the same thing, church, desires the same thing, but for that to happen, God has to be first. You want to know why so many marriages are sinking even in the house of God today? Why so many marriages are broken broken and crumbling and crashing? Why so many seem to be, like I said, without form and they're empty? You know how many... Pastor, Pastor Pete Cimento has counseled, I believe, over a thousand individuals in 2014. Probably 70% of that had to do with busted marriages, struggling broken marriages. That'd be like 600 couples that have struggling marriages. And the number one common denominator in the mall was the tr- is the truth that God wasn't where he belongs. Or isn't where he belongs. Maybe in one or the other. But until God is where he belongs, we can't expect to, to be successful in the things that we do. Amen? God has to be the foundation. He has to be at the beginning. We have to allow God's will to be released in our life. The reason that I'm bringing this word is to remind us, church, that the very first words of God to all humanity, think about it, the very first words church of God to all humanity, the first phrase uttered by the creator to the creation was a reminder that he was at the beginning of it all in the beginning, God in the beginning, God. Those were the first words that God chose to speak to all humanity, reminding us where God belongs. He belongs in the beginning, the beginning of the year, the beginning of the day, the beginning of a thought, the beginning of a conversation, the beginning of a date, the beginning of a marriage, the beginning of a courtship. God belongs at the beginning of an interview. God belongs at the beginning of going off to college. God belongs at the beginning of a meeting. He belongs at the beginning of an interview, if I didn't say that one already. He belongs at the beginning of everything, church. He belongs at the beginning of small decisions and big decisions. He belongs at the beginning of a council session. Because every time I have a council session, I don't care what it has to do with. The first thing we do is put God where he belongs and we go to God in prayer. That's what we have to do. God belongs at the beginning. So often we make so many harsh I mean, rash decisions concerning life and the things of life. And we leave God out and we wonder why those decisions are empty. We wonder why they're without form. We wonder why they seem to be controlled by darkness because we fail to put God where he belongs. We need to this year make a determined decision that God God, I'm going to put you where you belong. I'm going to put you in first place. I'm going to put you at the beginning of my day and the beginning of everything I do. We have to understand about this passage, church, is that the heavens and the earth began with God. The night and the day began with God. 
The seed-bearing plants and trees of the field, like it, it all began with God. Your life, my life, it began with God and God's will and God's plan. In the beginning with, was God. In the beginning was God. And my point is simply this. If we want God to be good, it has to start with God. It has to start with God. If you want your marriage to be good, it has to start with God. Finances to be good has to, has to start with God. God has to be in first place. Some of us wonder why, and I know a lot of people hate to hear about finances, but listen, when it comes to giving to God and it comes to our finances, far too often God is not first. Far too often, according to statistics, is only like 6% of God's people give God their first fruits. 6%! Only 6% are releasing the will of God over their finances. Only 6% are saying, Okay, God, I'm releasing you to bless my finances beyond measure. I'm releasing your will over my finances so that they can be blessed and multiplied. So that that I can receive back that which you've promised, that which is pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing into my life. You want to know why so many people aren't experiencing overflow in their life? Is because they have yet to release God over their finances. Yet to release His will over their money. They'll go spend it at the restaurant. They'll go spend it at a movie. They'll go spend it on fast food. They'll go spend it on fancy clothes. They'll go spend it on a $50,000 car and a $200,000 house. They'll go spend it on a trailer, on a boat, on an RV. They'll go spend it on the treasures and the trinkets of this world. But when it comes to giving to God... They wad up a $1 bill and put it in the offering plate and think that's enough to release the power of God. Yeah, it gets quiet, doesn't it? I will challenge you. I know we don't have a church full tonight, but I will challenge you this year. I did. I am a tither, okay? I tithe. But I started something last year that I had never done before. What I decided to do with my tithe was not to worry about how I needed to write a check or go to the bank or do any of that. I decided I was going to do an automatic bank draft. I have automatic deposit for my money, for what I do here, and it goes immediately into my bank on Wednesday night at 12 o'clock. On Thursday morning at 12.01 in the morning, the very first penny that comes out of my account is my tithe here at South Metro. And since I have done that, I've always paid my tithes, but I decided that he was absolutely going to be the first person that got a penny of my money. 
And ever since I did that, I'm going to tell you how the windows of heaven opened into my life. Because he has gotten my first fruit. Yes, I pay my tithes, but I just tried to make a conscious decision that I'm going to trust you, God. That money's going to come out whether I know it's in there or not. Automatically at 12.01 every Thursday morning, my tithe comes out. And at the end of the day and at the end of the week, I can say, God, you've been very good. Because I've released his will over my money. I want to challenge you. I, I'm not telling you that you've got to go do an automatic bank draft. I'm telling you to trust him. Release his will over your finances and see what kind of blessings you'll take in in 2015. Try me in this, God said, and see if I will not. What? Bless you. God doesn't want your money because he needs it. God wants your money because he wants to multiply it into your life. The Bible says, with what measure you sow, you shall reap. Give God a little and he can only bless it a little. Give God a lot, he'll bless it a lot. So I'm just challenging you with that. Amen. Be a giver this year in 2015. I'm going to call them to the music if there's anybody for music because I'm going to wind this down. David said this. O Lord, in the morning will I direct my prayers, and to you I will look up. Because David understood the priority of putting God first. Amen? David understood what it meant to put God first, and how he would benefit from putting God first. So David said, O Lord, in the morning. And when you study it, it is early in the morning, before the day even started. O Lord, in the morning, the first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to direct my prayers to you, and I'm going to look up. Because David knew from where his help came. David knew how, from where the, the good things came. So he said, in the morning I'll direct my prayers and look up because he understood the priority of putting God first. And as long as he did that, read the scripture, as long as God was numero uno, as long as God was first, the Bible says that everything that, that he did, was everything was good in his life until he put his own will first. You know the story. Till he put his own desires first. Till he put his own lusts first. And then look what happened to his life. Look what began to happen to his kingdom. As long as he put God first, God blessed him. As long as he put God first, God prospered him. As long as he put God first, there was form to his kingdom. His life was full. His life was blessed. But as soon as he put God second, his kingdom began to lose its form. His life began to become empty and darkness made its way into his life and into his family, church. Darkness began to control. And and everything that was very good became very bad. Why? Because he moved God from where God belonged. He moved God off of the throne of his heart, church, and things became very bad. But as I wind this down, don't have a clock back there, so excuse me. As I wind this down, I simply ask this question. I don't want anybody to, I'm not doing it in a condemning way. But if I was to ask you to describe your day in detail, if I asked you to put it down in words or put it into words and write it down on a piece of paper, could we all honestly say, in the beginning, 
was God. If I was to ask you to define your day today, could we in all honesty say, in the beginning was God? I'm just, that's a, that's a question that you answer on your own. What I'm challenging you with is that every single day, at the end of every single day, at the end of every single week, at the end of every single month, at the end of every single choice, decision, interview, family discussion, all of those things, at the end of it, can I say, in the beginning was God. You see, if we go through all of 2015 and we can't say, in the beginning was God, if at the end of tomorrow I can't say, in the beginning was God, if I can't say next week, in the beginning was God, in the beginning was God, in the beginning was God, I can't be surprised when 2015 doesn't turn out to be what I had hoped it would be. But if I put God first and every single day, I can honestly say in the beginning was God. God, you were at the beginning. You're at the beginning of the day. You're at the beginning of my rest. Listen, I said it earlier. God shouldn't only be at the beginning of your day. This is my practice. At the beginning of every day. I invite God in. I release His will. I release His covering. Release His blessings into my life. I surrender myself. Put Him first in our marriage over my kids. And we put God first. When we go to bed, do the same exact thing. I put Him at the beginning of my rest as well. I put Him at the beginning of my labors. And I put Him at the beginning of my rest. And when, I, when you do that, you can wake up in the morning. And you say, God, you were good last night. You restored my body. You refreshed my mind. You kept us safe. You did all. Do you understand what I'm saying? God doesn't just belong at the beginning of the day. He belongs at the beginning of everything. Amen? And when He is at the beginning, we can say, or actually, let me put it this way, because this is even more powerful. When we put Him at the beginning of everything, the Word of God says, He looks at it. And he's the one that says, it is very good. It was very good. It, that, that was very good. Their day was good. Their life was good. You see, understand what I'm saying? How many of you want 2015 to be very good? I want you to stand to your feet. Amen? Just stand to your feet. We can bless God if we want to bless God. Amen.